Good evening. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Whatever may apply. This evening's Dharma talk is titled, I think it's No More War. Is that what I said? That would be nice. More war. But what is, what that's bringing up, uh, and as far as the Dharma talk, is how much that's uh, all we hear about is war. Uh, less than the last few weeks and so on. But it's been war after war after war for centuries, centuries and centuries this has been going on. People who are selfish, greedy, fearful, and are at the mercy of their beliefs, their opinions, their ideas, and so on, create trouble for themselves and for others. I'm not here to give you a history lesson. I don't need to do that. I couldn't anyway. I don't remember that much. But what I'm looking at is just more confusion. And it's very painful, as we all know, to look out and see the people who are completely unaware of their, shall we call it insanity? They cover it up with opinions about that and judgments about that and blame and blame and blame and blame and blame, blame and blame. And then when the blame gets really intense, then we need, think we need to go and do something about it. We need to teach them a lesson. There's all kinds of uh, characteriz characterizations and history about this way of being a living being, fighting, going to war. I know it touches everybody. Everybody has some personal uh, situation. I, when I was four years old, I lost my, you could say, I lost my father who uh, was shot off the back of a tank. And uh, I think it was in Andernach, Germany. And he didn't want to go, but there wasn't, there was no, you had no, couldn't even be a conscientious objector at that point, that time in 1940s. But then again, you could say, well, somebody had to stop that outrageous person. That's like somebody has to stop the outrageous person that's showing up on the screen today. And I would offer to you, uh, suggest to you, that you train your mind because it is it is the craziness, the insanity of the mind that thinks that he, she, they, me, this person is somehow solid and is in danger or is threatened or needs to fight with this or agree with that or shut down on that passion, aggression, and ignorance. This is an ancient teaching. This does not mean that you don't protect your home, that you go the opposite direction and open your doors to everyone and, and with, with some kind of idealism. You have to meet, when I say you have to, you don't have to do anything. Go take a nap, go watch the news, or watch Netflix, watch a video, entertain yourself. All of the miscommunication that's going on all over the world is and in our society, you know, I don't have to go into the news the aspects of the news or analyze it for you. Couldn't do that anyway. But I'm saying the most important thing you can do is train your mind. And at the same time you're doing that, when you get up off the cushion, don't necessarily continue to train your mind in that way, but receive whatever is showing up. But watch the news. I'm not talking about seven or eight hours, but a little bit. Watch some of this, watch some of that be involved in the communication that's going on in the world so that you see it. This may not feel so good. And we know of someone who, even the world leaders, some of them, not all of them, but some of them, if they could find a switch to shut off the warfare, they would. But what happens is we begin to blame the leaders for what they're doing. 
Not that some of them aren't directly from the point of view of an individual a world leader. I'm not going to mention any names, but are directly responsible for murdering millions of people. This has been within the last uh, hundred years this has happened. So when I say, I also say lose the war, and this is an interior war, lose the, the struggle inside to be somebody else, to be even to the struggle to improve, because that quite often ends up just on being one kind of cover up after, after another. So the ego mind can feel like they're improving, they're getting somewhere. This is the same structure that's happening in the mind of the uh, dictator or the person who is in charge of everything. I got a good taste of that being in the Marine Corps for four years back in the middle of the last century. The, the whole thing is run that way. This is the way it is run, right and wrong, win and lose. Even our sports things, which are great entertainment, are based on a kind of modified warfare. Tackle a person or wrestling or boxing. Not wrong. Go do it. But it's reflecting what the whole society, what's happening in the whole society. I'm not here to say get rid of all that stuff. What I'm here to do basically is say train your mind. And how do you do that? You have to look at the way in which it is untrained, the way in which it is circular the way in which it grasps and shut down, shuts down, grasps at one thing, shuts down on another thing, or fights with another thing based on opinions, ideas, concepts, which are fueled by hope and fear. Hope for something better, fear of something worse. Just buying into the whole display of relative truth, which is what, half half truth. It's, it's relatively true. I, mean, I argue with, Fire is not hot, of course it's hot. So I'm here to encourage you. Look at the war here. Look at the war inside of ourselves. Look at the struggle. And if you're if you have no sitting practice or very little awareness practice, then we just go out into the world and we hate and blame and criticize everybody. I know. How do I know? I do it myself. If I sit down and watch uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of them for any length of time and listen to the, the swapping of information about and opinions about everything, it's very discouraging to think that these people, even the people who seem to be reasonable, people who care about other people, who people who actively work to help people who are uh, dismissed or, or ignored or thought to be less, lesser uh, human beings or something, even those people have their kinds of struggle that is basic, is based on an intense belief in relative truth, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death, good and evil, success and failure. No spiritual path, no mind training. And it isn't that there aren't all kinds of organizations that talk about a spiritual path, that claim some kind of leader or some kind of supreme being I can tell you who the supreme being is. Go look in the mirror. This is not a validation of your ego. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just your consciousness. Go look at it. Look at it for years, every day. And where do you find that mirror? Blank wall. Am I biased here? Am I prejudiced here? Yeah, I am. I am here to encourage you. Encourage you to see who you are. So, so you don't get your identity from anywhere else. You get it from you see what this is. You realize what this is. If you realize what this is, there will not be a realizer. You don't get a merit badge for this. You don't get credit. 
as I've sometimes said, and I'll say again, if you realize your true nature, you won't know it because there's no one left to know anything in the relative sense. So it's a difficult situation out in the world. It was difficult during the Peloponnesian War, difficult during uh, when the Romans came to the UK, when uh, Stalin back in the 1930s starved millions of his countrymen. These are all difficult, difficult, difficult situations. And I could go on and on, but I don't need to because you've all read history, probably more than I have. But the primary place that any of us need to look or operate or relate to or see clearly is your mind, your mind stream. Find some time to sit down and do this. You got 30, 40, 50 people all together listening. I guess I have your attention. I mean it. Go spend some time. Look, at you don't have to be a Buddhist. You don't have to be a student of mine. You don't have to be anything but aware. And how do you practice that? You sit down and observe how much the confusion is coming out of your own mind stream. You can especially uh, can notice this if you spend some time in solitary retreat, is why we do these. You go for a week or 10 days or 15 days or 20 days. We have one, one of the monks, we have two monks here that are both in solitary retreat. One's in a 10-day solitary retreat. The other one is in a month-long solitary retreat. And what are they looking at? Their mind. If you spend a lot of time by yourself, you eventually see that you're the one who's creating this. You're there. There's nobody else. There's nobody, nobody to complain to. You might be able to dredge up a memory of something your father did or something society is doing. But the actual situation of you're there, there's a wall, there's a cushion, there's possibly a, a couple of books there in the room. Just you. Find out. Find out who you fundamentally are so that there might be war in the world, but there's no more war here, and you are not separate from the world. I won't go so far as to start singing the song, You Are the World. That's a misunderstanding. Not a bad song, though. So I'd very much like to respond to questions. Give me some questions. Let's we'll do this together. It's a mutual thing. You ask the question, I'll help all of us insofar as I'm able to go down into this material. The people are suffering greatly. And it's a misunderstanding to think that you can go out and end the war by fighting wars, that you can stop someone by attacking them with the same thing that they're attacking, shooting, going to war with war. As my father did when he was 26 years old and didn't come back. Go ahead. What is no more, more, no more war when I'm fighting with my mind stream and I can't seem to stop that? You're trying to stop it? Stop trying to stop it. Just observe it. Just look at it. Just look at the war. Look at the war. Just that war that shows up needs an opposition. It needs somebody to push on it. It needs someone to agree with it or justify it or validate it. Or, or it needs to be just ignored or shut down or let's go do something else and shut that whole canister. Close it up. More? Is just stopping that war fighting? Yes. Yeah, war and peace. War and peace. Don't go to war, don't go to peace. Don't do anything. I'm not saying, when I say don't go to peace, I'm not saying we shouldn't have peace marches or something like that. Maybe we should. Uh, I don't necessarily promote that. What I say is look at the war and where you find the, the foundation of that war is in your own consciousness. You're a human being. You are, there's human beings everywhere. Sit down, hold still. Look at the war that rises in your own mind stream and see yourself where that war is getting its energy. It's getting it from fear, 
and it's getting getting it from dependent origination or things that you can't really trace. They're just intense energy that comes out of just the spaciousness of the mind that has been opened by holding the body still and watching that movement come and go and come and go. There's no guarantee that you'll ever be, uh, in the relative sense, free of that. But start now. More. If I endeavor to observe and then I start fighting, is the best I can do to return to endeavoring to observe? It's pretty situational, but you've been practicing this for a number of years. And I would say maybe at one point that might be the best thing to do. At another time or a situation, it might be better to get up and go have lunch. But do it situationally. Do it with the information that is arising amidst the turmoil, amidst the war. Look at the texture of the war rather than try to stop something you have not really looked at thoroughly. You look at the texture of that war. You are that war. If we keep pulling away and I'm not, everybody else in the world is crazy, but I'm not. I'm because I know there shouldn't be a war. And I, we have a bunch of philosophy that fills up the spaciousness of the mind with a bunch of ideas and plans and strategies and, and negotiations. Don't negotiate with anything. Might as well be negotiating with the Rumi. Don't negotiate with Rumi. You're the adult. He's a child. Don't negotiate. You negotiate with Rumi? I'll do it. That doesn't mean you knock him across the room either. Further questions? Close on bowing. Close on, go ahead. When you say negotiate, what do you mean by that? Uh, some kind of bargain, bargaining with someone. I'll do this if you'll do that. And if you do that, then I'll do this. But if you'll stop um, um, uh, whatever, crying or sobbing, or if you stop hitting me, if you'll stop doing that, then I'll let you watch more television or something. Don't negotiate. All you're doing is when you do that, you buy into the relative dynamic. This is not something you can do in 30 or 40 years. It's not something, it's not, a, there's no success story here. That's why it's, there's no way you can market this. You can't promote it. You can't give advertisements for it. You can't pr promise anything. The fundamental nature of what we're dealing with is ultimate, but the problem shows up as relative. As this and that, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, success and failure, war and peace, war and peace. Shokobai, sometimes you talk about agreements. Are agreements different from negotiations? I say if you make an agreement, you should keep the agreement. Is that what you meant? Shokobai, you just said don't negotiate, but you also talk about um, getting an agreement from someone if there's some kind of a situation that arises. So I'm wondering what the, the difference is between negotiation and an agreement. The agreement comes up from both sides. The negotiation is something where you're trying to get something. Wouldn't you say? Look that way. But if two people are talking, uh, that agreement might just float to the surface because that's the best thing to do with the situation that's there. It's like if you come and live in this monastery, you agree to observe these forms. But if you stop observing the forms, we don't necessarily negotiate. You just say, perhaps you should live somewhere else. Doesn't look like you want to want to do this. Usually, we don't even have to say it. People just move away. More? No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bowling. This is a um, a question about a situation yes. um, and negotiating. Earlier tonight, Rumi wanted coffee cake. Rumi did? He did. Is he the same Rumi that we both know as your son? Yes. Who is three, and, three years and three months? Yes, go ahead. He wanted coffee cake and was not eating dinner. Uh -huh. And we said he had to eat his dinner 
to have coffee cake. Okay. Is that negotiating? Somewhat. Is there another way of doing that? Well, could you give him the coffee cake and not let him have his dinner? <laughs> I mean, you might as well be doing that. You're negotiating with somebody that's three years and three months. Um, I'm not recommending you should do that. Of course not. Look, look at it closely. See what what is really there. Is he wants control? That's what he wants. Is there another way of working with that? I'm sure there is, but I don't. Look at the intention. Are you just trying to get him off your back so that he'll stop being a, a nuisance? Okay. Are you fundamentally trying to help him work with his feelings and his demands and his emotions? Okay. Don't look for results. Jake Bowing. Who? Jake. Oh, hey, Jake, go ahead. Uh, why, why does it seem so much easier to see other people's warfare and know what they should do to fix it than it is to see and understand my own bowing? Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good observation. It's easy to see other people. I think it's just the nature of the structure of our, our self-centeredness. We shut down on who we are and we expand or credit or blame people outside, people in the family, people down the hallway, people in our workplace and so on. Further question about that? Other than why is it easier? Yeah, Jake Bowing. Um, I don't know it. Um, I don't know. I have a specific family member in mind that seems to be going through a lot of stuff, and it's it's just frustrating. And I want to talk to the other. I talked to my other family members about you know, what he should be doing. And it seems just like gossip and, and probably just delusion. I guess I don't know. So, as I say to anyone who will uh, <laughs> listen to me, train your mind. Tra train your mind so that you see clearly what this whole dynamic we call me, me, myself, and mine. So you see that clearly, and then there, there's, you will less likely be a nuisance to others. Um, people are doing probably the best they can to get some kind of squeeze, some kind of happiness out of their life. And sometimes the ones that can't do that, they just, it gets so terrible. They just decide to look for the exit. So it's a, people have a great deal of difficulty as we know. And some people are in kind of a, was sometimes referred to as a heaven realm. They're just, they're just born into a dynamic where everything is pretty easy. They, uh, they don't have money problems. They don't have problems with being born into a race that is persecuted. There's all kinds of uh, causes and conditions that arise in that way. So this is why we, we don't have a lot of say-so around that. Maybe a little bit, maybe individually we do. We can actually appreciate and meet other people in their confusion rather than trying to change it. Same with the uh, children. Shokobang, how can we begin to see other ways of working with situations? <laughs> Sit a lot. <laughs> look at the situation that arises in the mind and look at what, when something arises in the mind, look at, we, we do something with it. We shut down on it, we expand on it, we explain it, we justify it, we blame, or we do all kinds of, write all kinds of book reports about it what it is and what, what it means and what that thought is about and why somebody said this or said that or why 
Some people are doing better than we are. Some people aren't doing as well as we are. It's just, it's just a ongoing gossip column about everything. It, it, you're totally safe. You can, it's okay to not have a clue to what, of what's going on. The idea there is if you have that, then there's a spaciousness so that when situations do morph from one kind of cloudiness into some kind of uh, more clarity or more the, the edges around something or more have more clarity about what may need to be done, then you would you might be able to step into a situation and fundamentally be active either through saying something or doing something that's coming out of your clarity about the situation, not out of your opinions, ideas, and and reacting to fear of not of losing control or fear of being wrong which is the way most people are operating. Question from Drake Gaither. Again, please. From Drake. If we find that there is no self ultimately, how does one find the impetus to act in the world? The actions won't come out of an individual anymore. They will come out of what is was pointed out thousands of years ago, dependent origination, pratitya samutpada is a fancy word for nothing comes from its own side as an individual, including you, including this voice that's talking right now that is presuming to be a teacher, that's appearing like one, is dressed like one. If you, if you fundamentally understand what this is, you're gone. It's not like something new happens. It's like something old uh, uh, no longer has uh, has any so say so about anything. What does have say so is whatever is arising, whatever is arising around you in your mind stream and in your life stream. Those two are not separate anymore. When you uh, try to get try to find out what the authority is for anything whatever this is, you see that there is, really is no centralized authority for anything. Everything is dependently arisen. So therefore, coming back to your question, when you, when you realize this, there's no self left that realizes it. So you won't really know. You will not really know if you awaken. There isn't anyone left to know that because the awakening, um, to speak about it, literally obliterates the self. It doesn't, doesn't obliterate it at all because it was never real in the first place. <clears throat> so it just becomes that self, uh, you could say it becomes transparent. There's no, there's no personhood there anymore. It's like an actor on a stage without a script. And the script is coming from the back row. Or the script is coming from every seat in the theater. Further questions? How do I observe the texture of the war? The part of the warfare that is showing up in, in your mind stream or anyone's mind stream uh, immediately creates some kind of conceptual dynamic that will allow you to back away from it into some ideas about what the war is about. Ego gets nourishment from that because at least, I may not know what that is, but at least I know how it looks and who did it and how this is moving that way and I need to push this back, bring this forward, some kind of analysis of that. But to actually just be the war, to be stuck in that is uh, awareness. Whatever rises in the mind stream, don't separate yourself by as being some kind of an observer. The observer uh, is not separate from what is being observed. Therefore, it can feel pretty shitty more. If I'm backing away, can I return to the texture? Is that you could? 
You could if you're not looking for a credential. If there isn't something else that is some kind of a outcome, some kind of a mini success story. It's devastating. What if there is the credential? If you're aware of the credential, if you just see it and you don't go to war with the credential, so you can be credentialless, then just see it. It's unreal. Anything that arises is unreal. That doesn't mean there aren't people with nerve endings in different parts of the world that are being tortured. Of course there are. There are probably people being tortured uh, within a few blocks of this uh, monastery uh, because of various kinds of abuse. You can't, you can't go to war. You can't fight that situation. All, the only thing you can do as an individual is train your mind so you are so clear in your own mind stream of what this is that you won't add on to the chaos that's already in the world by, by objecting to it, fighting with it, solving it with some kind of relative uh, solvent. Pouring something over it, medicating it. Most medications these days, not all, but quite a few medications are just ways of covering up uh, how you feel or how this looks. People make a lot of money doing it, covering up stuff. A couple of six packs will cover up a whole lot of stuff. Yes, I speak from experience. I'm just down to one six pack now. Yes. Shokabang, um, earlier when you were using the example of social or cultural war, um, when we're not clear about our own minds and something like that arrives on our doorstep, how can we best relate to it fundamentally? Don't do anything. Be a lose. Don't do anything with it. There's plenty of room there. Come, I, I can't do this without your help. This is not, not separate. Go ahead. You got it? Shokabang, you've had some of your students read Bloodlands. Yes. And thinking about some of the situations that people experience there are frightening and terrifying. And it, I just don't know what doing nothing would mean if we were to encounter a situation like that. Well, it would be a situation if you found yourself, um, if you found yourself in a situation where that's actually happening, then it's a different kind of dynamic altogether. We're not saying that you enter some kind of state of samadhi where you no longer object to a brutality. Uh, as I've said, the example I sometimes use, because I mean it, that if you're walking down the street in the middle of July and you see someone abusing someone else, you know, I can make a story about it, but I don't need to. You know what I'm talking about. You see somebody doing that, you stop them. So you do it situationally. The wars that have been going on, they're not, someone's not relating to uh, a situation in front of them. They're relating to a situation in their mind where they want to control everyone. Like the Roman Empire or, or a Mussolini, or I could name more current, uh, insane people, which I don't need, really need to do. So you, you'd relate to it as it is, where it's at in that situation. And if you've been working with your own negativity, the, the, the negativity that's been coming down for, cent for, for centuries in this particular living being that you are showing up as, meet it where it's at. More? Shukabang, what is protecting Without idealism? No, there's no. A, someone is, um, okay, I'll do it. I'll use a story. If somebody is, uh, has a dog on a leash and is beating the dog or mistreating the dog, you, you might start out by saying, stop doing that. You, you might have to go up and take the switch away from them. I'm not giving you a protocol for something. I'm just, I'm saying that you would relate to it 
as it is. Uh, it would be different if the person is only six years old and they're beating a dog. Might be quite a bit different than if the person is uh, um, is beating the dog from a wheelchair and they're you know they're eighty five years old. I mean, it's every I'm just giving you a couple of things, but it's so situational that it's best to keep, stay, keep your distance until you see more clearly what is the, what is happening there and see if you actually have permission from what, from the situation, not from your mind and not from your projections about right and wrong, success and failure. Not, not judgment-based, but clarity about relative truth that is unfolding right in front of you. More? Can, can we see when we leave a situation for a protocol about the situation? I think you can. Quite often it shows up as uh, it starts to paralyze us because we just don't know what to do. We sort of just, we realize that we just don't know what to do because we, we don't, we really feel like there's a right and wrong there. When that paralysis shows up, um, is there is there anything to do with it? No. Feel it. See if you can feel it without that name, without the label on top of it, which tends to separate us from as soon as we name or label or describe uh, we start to separate ourselves into uh, the intellect or into the thinking process so the thinking process helps us uh, softens the intensity of it and 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 cuts into the clarity of what is actually occurring whereby you might be able to see what to do next it might to the ego it might feel like impulsiveness it might be impulsive, it might be compulsive, but it also could be spontaneous, just spontaneously. You see, you're standing here and you're talking to somebody, uh, standing next to a car, and uh, and it's on. there's a lot of traffic going up and down, and all of a sudden you see a child run between cars into the road. You don't think about that. It's spontaneous. You, you stop them or you protect them immediately. You don't need to go through any kind of discursive thought about anything. I'm using that as an example. Uh, if the child is back here and they're playing ball and something and you notice that the, the parents are ignoring them, then, you know, that might be different. You might do something. You might think go and stand between the child and the traffic rather than looking obvious. I'm just inventing stuff here. But you do it with the situation, with your intelligence, with your insight, with your understanding of the way people are caught up in their thought patterns. You certainly wouldn't go and give advice to the parent. I'll give you an example. What would you do? You're in a department store, a grocery store, and you see someone, you ready? You see somebody has a hold of a a five-year-old and is wailing on them with something. Do you do anything? I stop wailing on them because it's me. Hmm? <laughs> it's you doing that? <laughs> okay, you win. <laughs> you got me there. Go ahead. Shogabang, in that example, the very first thing that arises is to want to just wail on the person. No. So is that impulsiveness? Probably. You see something that is wrong and you want to go in and do something with it, stop it. Interfere with something that is dependently arisen based on what is dependently arisen with you is your, your wish for control or your wish to be right or your inability to really see what's in front of you. Could be any number of things, could be a combination of all of those. So what would, to return to that example, what would seeing that situation um, look like when it's not out of right or wrong? 
Well, it's not that there isn't a right and wrong going, coming up there, but you're not, you don't want to function out of that. You need to function out of clarity about what's happening. If you can see the person is operating out of probably a whole lifetime of confusion and they're abusing someone else and you fundamentally want to help, then you might, it might be as simple as going up and distracting them. But you'd have to be pretty clear on your own emotion because if you've, if you've got any kind of a, hatred coming up for that person, it's going to be very difficult to actually function in a way to distract them, sometimes called uh, pacifying. You follow me? You could actually come up and, and there's all kinds, you can magnetize, you can come up and have an emergency right in front of them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could act it out if you want to step over in the <laughs> north here. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll pick people out and we'll have one person be the director and we'll make a little movie here <laughs> of somebody doing something terrible and you coming up and magnetizing that. Or taking the polarity that is there between the, between that in that situation and entering into it just enough so that you can uh, because there's all kinds of emotions going on. There's fear on the part of the child because it that affects that kind of a situation and there's anger, frustration on the part of the adult and you, if you can see what that is, you would be able to enter into that and magnetize that adult right out of that aggression. They might take it out on you. It might not work, quote unquote. Like if you come up to some, I'm going to, I'm going to invent something here. If you come up, if they're there and, they're, and you're trying to magnetize them, you can't see anything, any way you can do that, go up and accuse them of shoplifting. Say, so this is not going to work for you. Doing that to, is not going to not going to cover up that you are caught on camera shoplifting. You know, I mean, I'm just being silly here a little bit, but I'm saying you could you could use your own insight and and maybe at least interfere with this uh, dangerous situation for this child, but you're, you're not going to be able to solve it. It's just, it's, it's dependent on your reason. It's the, what is that, that warfare, that torturing somebody else has been going on forever and it's starting to manifest again. The very best thing for you to do to help the, either one of them is to train your mind so that you, when you step out of your Porsche uh, into the restaurant, that you don't take your unexamined aggression in there when you are mistreated by the help. Yes, sir. Shogabong, that reminds me of an example of um, you will from time to time talk about if somebody comes up to you and asks you for money, different ways of working with that. Um, and one time you told me to, uh, if this particular person comes up and asks me for money to very quickly say, well, I was just about to ask you that. <laughs> and I did that. And Are you was, talking about James? I, I think it might have been James. I was James. But I can't like, I can't personally see that kind of an option. And it, 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 uh, You're just not as smart as I am. <laughs> How can I be more smart? <laughs> I, I think it's situational. I think you're just as, I mean, we've, we've uh, there's another situation where uh, when you were working with a, a psychiatric center where you were trying to get somebody's uh, blood type, or not blood type, a blood sample from someone who's diabetic, and you, uh, as I remember, you were able to magnetize that person in such a way that who was pretty aggressive, as I recall, and you were able to interact with them by, didn't you do some kind of yoga postures? And then he wanted to know about your yoga postures. He started imitating me. Started imitating you. So you're doing, and then he starts to do that too. Then it's just, you know, this, this far away, it says, let me see your finger. And then you take, so, and I think that's what happened, something like that. So he, he was, you magnetized him into into your dynamic so that you had a little bit more say so about what to do. But of course, he's mentally unstable, so you know it'd be difficult to work with that situation very much. I mean, daily, day in and day out, without him getting uh, onto your game. There, go ahead. In the example of working with people who have mental health problems, it seems like it's easier to see 
how you can relate to them because things are so intense. But just in working in day-to-day situations with ordinary people, it seems... You mean really crazy easy. people that aren't locked up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those people. <laughs> how about your question? How, how can you bring or how can you have that kind of creativity in relating to... I'm just... I mean, that, that some people are just going to naturally have more, shall we say, skillful means in that area to be able to inter- interact in such a way to not make things worse for somebody, but actually maybe lighten somebody's load, maybe lighten your load. But the most important thing to do, as I see it here, is to spend time training your mind. And that means sit down, hold still, and watch the, how untrained and how, how chaotic our own mind stream is. You know, the only way you can really get a close look at that is to, it seems just to hold very still and observe that without interfering, without accepting, rejecting, shutting down. And then that, the idea there is that eventually that starts to show up in your post-meditation, your everyday life. You're, you, there's much more clarity around the things that are coming and going around other people's craziness, neurosis. You just see, like Jake was asking earlier, why is it you can see other people's confusion? We, we can't see our own. So what he's saying there is um, there's an assumption there that you're seeing other people's confusion rather than your projection onto them. Right. Thank you. You too. A follow-up question from Drake. Okay. How could one realize their actions are dependently originated or based on the belief that there is a self. How can they realize that? Spend a lot of time doing shikantaza, formless meditation. Just sit down, hold the body very still, and watch the dependent origination completely uh, overtake the mind stream in the form of grasping, in the form of rejecting, in the form of shutting down with some kind of apparent identity behind it. That's how you do it. And I'm biased in that area. I'm not saying there isn't another way. You know, I think Pfizer's coming out with something pretty soon, which is called a meditation. That's some kind of a meditation vaccination. So you get vaccinated and you no longer have to meditate. It just immediately purifies your mind stream. This is coming out. And that's why I say do not time your meditation with a, with a smartphone. Because eventually that phone is getting, what, not smarter, but it's getting more and more invasive. It's getting closer and closer to your heartbeat and to your body temperature and to your mind stream. And uh, so don't use it. Use a use a uh, analog timepiece. Don't use a, I mean, you can, you can still talk on the phone, but look out. It's coming. Big brother. Any any uh, questions uh, in uh, in the uh, uh, Zoom? People off in the distance. Isaac Baum. Isaac, go ahead. Um, is transmutation um, spontaneous? Um, so, is that it? So first, tell me what you think transmutation is. Isaac Bowling. Um, I don't know, but it seems yeah. to me that you can't answer it then. If you don't know what you don't know what you're asking. It seems to me that it's um, a change from one thing to another. Hmm. What is transmutation? No, you asked the question. So I'm asking, what do you mean by transmutation? Because transmutation is uh, is some kind of, you just said it, changing from one thing to another, but I'm I'm not sure you mean some kind of transmission from, transmutation from you're sleeping and then you wake up. So that's change of form, change of the whole thing from a dream to a waking state. Isaac Bowing, um, for me, It was regarding paranoia. Okay. Trans, transmuting that 
to anything really. Okay. So I'm not, I'm still not sure what your, what the direct question would be there. I could do some Isaac Bowling is, is trans, is transmuting something that we do. Bowling. So I don't use, I mean, that is a teaching, uh, a trans, a transmutation of energy, but I don't, uh, what I teach is, is uh, awareness. So look at what's happening, observe what's happening until you fundamentally see what is happening instead of what you think is happening. Because anything that occurs is laminated with our projections, our ideas, our concepts, our judgments, our evaluations. So on top of it, you can't see the raw, uh, the raw uh, singularity, you could say, of reality. Because we think it's other, we think it's something else. And then we try to take that and transmute it into wisdom. I'm not saying that there isn't a way of teaching, but I don't know how to do it. I teach out of what I see. This doesn't mean that you can't, there aren't some kind of maybe tantric rituals. I've certainly practiced a few of those myself, pretty extensively actually, but I don't teach them. What I teach is just this, look at it. So as far as paranoia, if we were to go look at that, I would say, just be paranoid. But just that, just that you can see that there's some paranoia happening, don't do anything with it. You don't have to get rid of paranoia. If you fight with it, then it, it's war. It fights back, and it will go into hiding, and it will show up with a different mask. It's not a really kindly, unparanoid-looking appearance. It would, ego will do anything to survive. It so much wants to be somebody going somewhere. Don't you? Question from Spool String. What is fluctuation of skillful means? One day I feel generous towards others, other days not. I think I need to come visit the temple for a while. Yeah, we've got a dungeon here for you. On <laughs> the basement, the big chains down there will wrap those around your neck. Everyone here is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the only person, Takado, is not laughing. He knows I'm. Not kidding. <laughs> so that, that vacillation that goes back and forth, just watch that. Don't fix it. Don't fix anything. Just watch that which is observing the vacillation uh, between uh, generosity and miserliness, or however you would want to describe it, is not doing anything. Awareness is not doing anything. Yet it's not separate from that which it is, which it is observing or aware of. It's called transcendence, a fancy word for what the hell does that mean? Go ahead, Kozan. There's a question in the chat box from Patricia. Yes, Patricia. She says, uh, being a school teacher, I find myself able to creatively magnetize children. However, I can't seem to transfer that skill with adults. Is there a way to do this with adults? Yes, stop treating the, the adults like uh, adults. They're like children, <laughs> really, literally, they're, they are children. If you're having difficulty with, a, 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 with an adult, look at the childishness. Yeah, good luck. Spend a lot of time looking at your own childish, childishness and your own grasping or rejecting or warfare mentality. You know, you have to look at this. And if to look at this, what happens if you continue to look at the interior war? This is an example I've used before two fists coming together. It does not look good. It does not feel good. But if you do this, one of those fists eventually drops just because of the power of awareness, the power of prajna, the power of wisdom. Actually, it's, it, it already is non-dual. You don't have to become something else. Just observe your true nature deep within your heart. And eventually that one fist just drops away. And the other fist is hitting the air and eventually it still feels like craziness. It still feels like aggression. But you notice there's really no enemy anymore. And that's when you find out who the real enemy is, as Walt Kelly once said many years ago. Look at those fists come together. Ah, just keep looking at that. Don't interfere. Don't go to war with the war. Just look at the war. Look at the war. And one of those fists will drop. There's no guarantee. 
might take you 15 years if you're lucky, 30 if you're not lucky. Sir? Sure, Ronnie. When we're watching those fists come together, um, I, I hear the commentary come up where my looking at it is causing it to get worse. Is that something the ego is trying to say to get me to stop looking at the war? Could be. Now, when you're when you're sitting uh, uh, in meditation, you're sitting uh, uh, shikantala. Your only job is to observe, and so that means whatever commentary is coming up, just observe that. Everything gets included. Everything is everything is together. What arises and your commentary on it, and everything is just just observe, just observe, just observe, just receive, just receive. Give everything your attention and receive it. Receive it. So, you're one of the shoe sisters. Your sen sent you. Short for sen sen. Remember those sen sens? Those little things we used to put in our mouth back in the fifties. Well, that's right. You're, <laughs> We're not here then. Go ahead. What's your question? Senshu bowing. I feel confused about Good. the situation with Rumi. Yeah, you should. You're a mom. How do you think other moms feel? What's your question? How can how can I fundamentally help Rumi in a situation like that? Or, or any other where where ideas are showing up, like not wanting to let him control everything or mm-hmm. or wanting him to have nutritious food before having coffee cake. Yes. Um, you're the mom, you're the mother, and use the form. Use the form. You don't have to um, be mean to him, but use the form. Insist on the form. You're the adult. He's the child. This is the form. And no matter what kind of explosion happens, just return to the form, return to the form. Yes, go ahead. Since bowing, when that's showing up as negotiation, like it, like it did tonight, huh. you, know, you can't have this until, until you, you have, have that. that. Yeah. How can... I mean, you know, if you, the, the issue with that, if you do that, then, then you're caught in that whole negotiation thing, and he's a lot smarter than you are. <laughs> you haven't noticed <laughs> and he will he will control you he will control you he'll control dada don't negotiate go ahead what would that look like to stick to the st- form you might still get you know just just insist on the form and, and i'm uh, you know my my uh, eldest son is sitting over there. He can tell you what a great parent I am. <laughs> I didn't know all of this that I'm saying. <laughs> I just put the daylights on. He will mind me no matter what. Remember those days? He's not saying anything. <laughs> he knows better. I'll go over there and whip on him. <laughs> so what, what am I saying? I'm just saying at some point you might have to do some negotiating. So I'm not saying some kind of hard standard that you never deviate from, but as much as you can, you keep it as, as something that is uh, as dependable as possible so that when, when he's going and rotating around in his passion, aggression, and ignorance, he knows that he can come back and this is a place that he knows that if this happens, that will occur. So rather than this will happen, but sometimes that will occur, but sometimes I can get around that because, because of this, because of that, and he'll keep drive you crazy with that situation. So, uh, so we don't set up standards, but on the other hand, we do have form. We do have a form that needs to be, needs to be that way. It's not a standard because people deviate from that standard quite often, depending on the situation. Do you follow me a little bit what I'm saying? So that, so that he doesn't necessarily get uh, a reward. That doesn't mean he doesn't get some cake. He might still get cake, but it's not, but don't put it in the script. Just say, eat. You follow me? I mean, I can't do too much here. Then then I start saying, well, let me take care of him. And, <laughs> and I just took care of him for a while this afternoon. And that was, uh, uh, what, what happened then? Uh, I think I got him watching cartoons. <laughs> yeah, that seemed to work pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is just, 
if you do any negotiating, just I would keep it to a minimum because otherwise he'll get a hold of that and that, that will be the way you, his whole upbringing will come around him getting his way by out negotiating you. Mason. <laughs> <laughs> I could all straighten up. Don't tell him what actually happened. <laughs> you can see why he deliberately has never had any kids. <laughs> he had brothers and sisters, sister and brothers. That was enough. Further question about that? No, thank you. Yes, sir. Shogabang, I'm not since you were a roomie, so I'm having a little bit of difficulty following the in that situation, insist on the form or return to the form. So what uh, what is the form that is being returned to or send eat? Eat no eat needs to eat, but uh, you don't have to do it with some kind of anger. Just return. It's just like uh, I think you've uh, to, not to get in a, a lot of uh, uh, child care practices here, but it's it's the it's repetition when he does he's pretty wild and crazy, wants his way, and I know he's uh, he's got quite a strong finger when he starts he's ordering people around and, and you're what to do. He hasn't done that to me yet because he doesn't like the look on my face. <laughs> so I'm just saying be uh, uh, be consistent. So he has some kind of consistency because actually he'll get some kind of you get some safety out of that. He, he's not going to get feel safe if he's if he doesn't have something that's fairly consistent. And I did not know this when I was mm -hmm. when I was raising or trying to raise or participating in the raising. <laughs> yeah. um, I trained for a little while in um, behavioral health, working with autistic yeah. children. Yeah, and autistic. Some of that is sounds very similar, but with them, it's about behavioral modification, so changing the child's behavior. And whenever we're yeah. looking at relating to a child through the vow or the intention to fundamentally help them, what is it that we're looking to do? Modifying behavior, I'm not saying that that couldn't apply at, at certain times, perhaps. Every child is going to be different. Some, I sometimes say, uh, my daughter, which I don't know if she's watching or not, but uh, her mother and I would say, if we did, her name is Kateri, if we just had Kateri, we would think, well, this is a breeze, raising kids. But the boys made it that not so workable. Uh, but Kateri was just, uh, I mean, she might be complaining now. In fact, I think she is complaining now about what a terrible dad I am, but that's okay. She's probably right, but just a very, uh, a very agreeable, very tiny person that rarely complained or cried or just was easygoing all the time she was growing up. So the causes and conditions are difficult to really trace down and see what, you know, what's fundamentally going on from the point of view of modifying behavior. Autistic children are, I don't know, I'm not sure what the chemical uh, situation is in the mind stream there in the first place. Do you know? No. We're all kind of puzzled by that. Except those people who write books about it, of course, they know everything probably. Are we, are we at the end of our sojourn? Are there any other, is there a final question somewhere? Not a question, but a comment from Stephanie. Who has in Grand Rapids? Stephanie, what's the name? The last name is C U A Z. Okay. Grand Rapids. Yes. I don't have a question at this time, but I want to say thank you for all of your words and time you give to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for that uh, comment. Thank you. Gratitude is always mutual. Okay. We'll, we'll do the, uh, what is it we do? We do the... Chicken dance. Chicken dance. Chicken dance. Chicken dance. We do the chicken dance. Okay. <laughs> what happened? Since she's gone. Oh, she just realized it was her job? 
Okay. You're about to hear us sent you to the job. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.